All right, welcome everybody to the How to Sell Insurance podcast. My name is Ryan Federico here with my esteemed colleagues because we just steamed our clothes for this conference. Mr. Ashton Delango Lunday, the pride of Punch in Pensacola, Florida. Mr. 100K in 100 Days, claim to fame. Watch for that uh, podcast episode coming soon. Also, Mr. Keith Fonseca, DJ Debt Free, the man, the myth, the legend. You have seen him on many, 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 many social media posts because the guy is a social media god. We have one of the best-looking people on the planet with us, Mr. Tim Penso, formerly of Boston, Massachusetts, now enjoying the sweet life of South Beach, Miami, Florida. Loving it. I got to hear this story. Um, for, those, for some of you guys, like if you get involved in insurance, uh, you see people with some flashy stuff, right? You see people with like the Rolexes, you see people with the cars, you know, stuff like that. And um, for for like me personally, I uh, I'm not a fan of cars, right? They don't do it for me. I I, just, I think of like expensive cars as like maintenance and just a pain in the ass. And I got little kids, and they're gonna they're gonna mess it all up, you know. So I was like, but then there's some people who like are driven by like this is my dream. And I remember talking to Tim about like how much he loved cars and how much he loved specifically Ferraris and was able to grow a, a huge business uh, in the insurance industry, get himself a custom-built Ferrari. I guess they're all custom-built, but a brand-new custom-built Ferrari. Mobbing that thing around South Beach, and I just found out like six months after he got it, maybe not even six months after he got it, sold that thing for a hundred G's profit, a hundred G's in the bank account. Cool. Maybe you want to get into a different business, uh, you know, than insurance selling that. So I got to hear the story, man. I know how much you love cars. I know how much the Ferrari was a dream and like it pushed you to be motivated. Um, and now you sold it. You made a hundred thousand dollars. Like, how did that happen, man? Yeah. Well, first of all, I appreciate you all having me, um, on the podcast. Uh, very, uh, very fortunate. I heard a lot of good things about it. Uh, but yeah, it was always a dream of mine. I, you know, since I was like in the second grade, I said, I, you know, I always, always wanted one, um, kind of little backstory about it. When my, uh, my dad passed away when I was in the second grade, one of the last things that he bought me was a game called uh, Need for Speed. Oh, for, yeah. You know, yeah, remember the one yeah. with uh, the yellow Lamborghini on the front? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, it, the dream was a Lamborghini in the beginning, but um, when I was 16, I got diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. And so my knees lock up. But uh, most people don't know this. The Lamborghinis, you can't fully extend your legs in there. Oh. So I started looking at Ferraris, and I was like, wow, the Ferrari is way more comfortable. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So I so went from as it got closer to the decision, I was like Lamborghini, Ferrari, Lamborghini, Ferrari, and then eventually it was just you know I landed on the Ferrari, and it was just like you know I started studying the background, the history of Enzo Ferrari and his passion. He actually wanted to be um, in um, like orchestra, and he actually that that field, and he loved the sound of music, and that's why he built the best sounding. Uh, Ferrari motor, but yeah, winded up building one of those. Uh, fortunately, thanks to the financial services industry, built it back in April 2021 during the pandemic. 2020, it was the last V8 uh, twin turbo before they went to a hybrid. Uh, they only made 3,000. Uh, the one I had was one of 1,400 because I had the Spider, and uh, out of the uh, red Ferrari and tan combo, that's such a classic, iconic. Ferrari color, so there's yep. probably only three or four hundred of those. And then, um, you know, I I drove it, drove it, I drove it hard. I, well, uh, hold on a minute. So you got it in April. Yep. And you sold it 
like yesterday. No, no ordered April 2021. Yeah. It came in May 5th, okay. 2022, in May. and I signed the paperwork this last Monday. Okay. Signed the paperwork. So three months. Yeah. And how many miles did you put on it? They, they basically, basically paid me $27 per mile to drive it. I put 3,500 miles on it. So 3,500 miles. Yeah. He was mashing this Ferrari. Yeah. God, I love it. Yeah, 850. It's a crazy experience. Unless you're like me and your kids are going to mess it up. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you're just worried about hitting something or scratching something. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, right. that's one of the reasons why I got rid of it. I was always thinking about the car. All right, so, so that's, this is what we want to get into. So you get this car. It's a dream. You've been grinding in this industry. We're going to talk about some of the things that you did so we can help people get better at, with, with selling insurance on this podcast. But you've been grinding. You get the achievement. You're like, yes, I'm custom ordering a Ferrari. So how does it come about that you get to sell it for 100 Gs? More so it's, it's, a... it's funny, like people always tell you, like, you know, whenever, whatever path you're on, like all, you guys are very successful um, in life. You've, you've had success in the past before you got in the industry. But, you know, when you're on the path, like people are just super negative, right? Yeah, super negative. Very so people are like, oh, you know, you you can't get a brand new Ferrari. People would always tell me that. And then the power of suggestion comes in. If you read Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, I'm in the dealership one day and I'm looking at a Ferrari and this guy, this, the GM goes. He's like, why don't you get that one? I was like, well, I don't want that one because it doesn't have yellow brakes and it doesn't have the red stitching. And he's like, man, he's like, if you're so damn picky, why don't you just build one? And I'm just like, you mean a guy like me could build a Ferrari from where I come from? Like in your mind, you're like, you know, never thought you were like worthy enough. And then it just, it's just one of those things that just started happening. And then you're like, you know, holy, you know what? Like, am I really about to, did this really happen? And then I didn't even, I really didn't even believe it until like I, I was driving the car when we went on our first drive, Paige and I. And like, I was like, all right, wow, this is, this is now my car. Cause you just, you didn't people, so many people tell you your whole life that you, you can't do that. And they don't, you know, they don't, uh, they don't give Ferraris to, to, you have to buy a used one and you can't build a new one. So you, you hear so much of that. You don't hear a lot of people saying like, oh man, that's great for you, man. Can't wait to, can't wait to see you, you know, in that man. Good for you. Congrats. <laughs> I don't think I heard that like once, right. Until, <laughs> until, until it was like, yeah, of course, until it was like in and people were like, holy shit, like, dude, that's amazing. Congratulations. And uh, so then I, I was driving it and, you know, one of the reasons, and just for the record, I, I, uh, I just ordered a, a, another brand new one. Uh, and, uh, but the cool thing is it's, it's about two to three years out, but I realized that the rest of my life, I was just talking to Ares about this. The rest of my life has not caught up to that, right? Her, like I have a couple properties and, and things like that, but the way that I had the Ferrari, I didn't have it the way that I wanted it. What I mean by that is like, I was like, wow, there's still a lot more other important things that need to happen before this. Like I have a garage that I was keeping it in, but that garage is like 25 minutes from my office and they're so mile sensitive. And I think the, the biggest reason of why I wanted to get rid of it is because we talk so much about delayed gratification as a culture. The thing that helped me get it is exactly why I wanted to get rid of it. Cause it's like, and for all, for everybody listening, for you guys, every time you make a sacrifice in your life, I personally cannot think of a time that it did not pay me big down the road. So, and I didn't want to do it. And I was talking to Edward about it. And he's like, the fact that you don't want to do it is the reason why you should do it. And that's, that's why I did it. And I'm um, taking that, that money that I'm making. And I'm actually, Tim and I are going to be doing a deal together. Uh, so I'll be making like 16% on like 350 grand. So it's like, it's, you know, it's money working for you. So instead of paying for a Ferrari, I'll have more money coming in and just keep sacrificing. And then you know, just, just keep sacrificing, right? Why not? We all do it. Well, so let's talk about this. So one of the things that we always ask guests on the, uh, when they come on the podcast, number one, 
how'd you get into this business? Number one. Number two, when you're in the field, you're meeting with clients, what's the worst thing that ever happened to you in the field? Or like the most embarrassing thing that ever happened to you in the field? Like I fell through a porch uh, in Las Vegas, Keith split his pants going into a house, you know, Ayers got like almost arrested, pulled over, peeing in a Gatorade bottle, driving down the road. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's what we're going to be doing. So how'd you get into this business and what's the worst thing to ever happen to you selling insurance in the field? So I, um, I'll start with the worst thing that ever happened. I was like my first week, um, super broke, super poor. It was wintertime, upstate New York. I had one sweater. I had one nice sweater that I could wear, just one. And I wore it every day. And people were like, Dude, you got to stop wearing that sweater. It's like starting to smell. And I would spray it with Axe. Like, remember Axe? Spraying it with Axe every day. And um, so I get out of this house, or no, I get out of the car and we pull up to like this, you know, nice, nice trailer and, and uh, nice guy and this just huge dog, like huge, like as tall as his table. And um, he's like, oh, yeah, he's, he's friendly. He won't bite you. Next thing you know, this, this dog is on me, on me, on my arm, rips my sweater. Oh. I'm like, I'm like, oh, man, oh, man. Like, so that, that was one of the worst. That was probably one of the worst. You know, and now to this day, people are like, oh, yeah, he's friendly. He won't bite. And it's like, you don't know that. You don't know. You don't, you don't know that for <laughs> sure. You don't know that. Um, so that's one of the worst things. I have been kicked out of houses before, but um, that's not that bad. That's just, you know, it's part of, part of the business. It's happened like once or twice. But yeah, the, the dog definitely, um, the dog getting at me was the worst. So how did you get into the business? Um, how did I get into the business? So I was working at the mall, retail. Started off uh, at Michael Kors, 11 bucks an hour, just, just hustling. And then I went to, um, uh, made a lateral movement, went from 11 bucks an hour to $13 an hour at the Art of Shaving. Um, you guys remember the Art of Shaving store? Yeah. I do. Yeah, really cool, cool store. You know, I, I really liked it. Got to wear a suit, three piece every day, suit, tie, vest, the whole whole thing. Made me feel sophisticated. And um, yes. and uh, so I had a friend there that was my roommate, and we worked at GNC together, uh, the vitamin shop. And he he goes, hey man, this this guy that I know just started selling insurance, and he's he just got back from Iraq. He was in the Marines, and. Um, He's doing insurance now, and he's, he's, he's killing it. And he's been talking to me about going over there and working. I'm like, insurance? You know how the Smith brothers always used to say, it's like, things are bad, but they're not that bad. Not that bad. Insurance <laughs> is like nails on a chalkboard. So then I, um, he, he's like, man, I can get you an interview and all that. And I was like, all right, you know, whatever, cool. And then I was like, I'm going to, I texted him. And I'm like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm like, I'm not going. And now this guy, you know, you know, thank God him and I had a connection because, you know, he, him and I both lost our dad from a suicide. So you going through that, you, you, would, you would almost guarantee that this guy's not going to steer you wrong because you, you guys went through something super traumatic. So he texts me and he goes, he goes, listen, man, I got you this interview. This, I know this can change your life. Like, I, this is for you. It may not be for me, but I know it's for you. He goes, please just go. He goes, if you don't, if you don't want anything to do with it after, that's fine. He goes, please just go. And I remember he never got mad at me, upset with me. And uh, he came at me in that moment, and I was just like, "All right, you know, I don't want to let him down." He was ten years older than me; I had a lot of respect for him, still do. And um, I actually brought him to LeBlanc with me. You met him, yeah. John. Yeah, John, my buddy John. Great you guy. Were, yeah, great guy. So yeah, yeah um, forever loyal to him. Do anything for him. It's changed my life, and so he pushed me to go. I went, and uh, you know, seven coming up on eight years later, here we are. Wow. And what was uh, what your agency do last year, roughly? Uh, about two million. Nice. Over, yeah, a little over two. Yeah. 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 So that's a, such a blessing to, you know, have a story that, you know, didn't end in uh, necessarily full success there, 
um, but you were able to, to find the place that you fit in in this industry and find a home to be super successful, successful enough to grow other businesses, grow a real estate portfolio, buy a Ferrari and sell it for 100K, you know, like, why not? Uh, man, yeah, awesome. I'm not going to live that thing down, man. I'm going to... I'm going to tell that story to like all the agents that I'm recruiting. And anyway, uh, we won't go there. Uh, here's the topic that we want to talk about today. It's a topic that I know Tim is passionate about, something that he's helped me a ton with, something that I think he can bring tremendous value to everybody who's, who's tuning into the podcast, because no matter what area of this industry you're in, whether you're in uh, a captive insurance agency, whether you're selling final expense, whether you're doing mortgage protection, whether you're doing life insurance, doesn't matter. Uh, the more clients you get, the better off you're going to be. And the more clients that you can get who want to talk to you, the better off you're going to be. And the easiest way to do that is by getting referral business. And uh, Tim came on to uh, one of our conference calls uh, about a year ago and just dropped some knowledge about like the stuff that really isn't like there isn't some super strategy to it outside of just doing it and having the mentality of I'm going to get referrals. And so, you know, we, we hear a lot in this business, especially where we're at. We're in a leads-based insurance marketing organization. We buy leads. And we hear people come in all the time and they're like, man, I got to spend all this money on leads. We all view it as investing. And we're like, hey, if I buy 10 leads and I write four applications, I know a 40% close ratio, I'm going to be crushing. Well, what if you could buy 10 leads and you could write 40 applications because you could get 10 referrals that are second, third, fourth, fifth level out of those four sales that you made, right? You got a sister from the first sale that you made. You got a coworker from the second sale that you made. You got a spouse from the third sale that you made. And then you ask them for referrals and you got their coworkers and their friends and their other extended family. So we want to talk about how do we ask for referrals? How do we get more business from referrals? And so I want to give the floor to Tim Penso, who's probably one of the best people I've ever heard talk about asking for referrals and, and strategy there. And then I'll share some of the ways that I do it. Keith will share some of the ways that he does it. Ashton will share some of the ways that he does it. But let's turn the floor over to Tim real quick. Yeah, no, thank you for that. Um, it, all, it all comes down to how you ask. You know, a lot of people are like, hey, is there, yeah, they'll ask a yes, no question. Right, a yes, no question is a, is a question that they can only answer yes, no, for those of you tuning in. Uh, but when you tweak the question to, you know, who's the first person um, that you'd like to do this for? Who's the first person you'd like to do? It's more of an assumptive approach. It's, it's, it's the who. It's not, hey, is there, anybody, is there anybody that you'd like to do this for? They could be like, no. Or, you know, but if you're like, hey, who's the first person you'd like to do that for? You'd obviously want to make sure your, your brother is taken care of. Um, where does he live again? And then you just like look down. So it's just that simple way of um, just being super, super assumptive. That's, that's the easiest thing without getting too far in the weeds. So where, where are you asking this? In the sales process, right? Are you asking this up front? Are you asking it after you do the first application? Are you asking it at the policy delivery? Very, the very, good question. The very, the very end, after everything's done, you know, you have them take their phone out and you just say, you know, if I'm, if I'm sitting with Keith, I'd be like, hey, Keith, um, any questions about what we did here today? Hey, I just want you to take out, um, take out your phone so uh, you could put, your, so you could put uh, my phone number um, in your phone. And now when you, when you do that, they now have their contact list right in front of them. Right. Right. So it's a very calculated, calculated move. Um, you give them your phone number, uh, have them save you, let them know, reassure them anything you need, anything, um, you know, God forbid anything happens. I hope that you, I don't hear from you, but uh, if I do, um, uh, you know, I'll be there for you. And I always just reassure my clients that, that right? You know, it's, it's, it's all, at the, yeah, we get paid great money, but at the end of the day, 
you know, they're one of the first, you're one of the first people that they call when, you know, shit hits the fan, right? They're calling their immediate family and then they're calling you wondering where, wondering where their money's at. So we dress that, exchange phone numbers, and then I'm like, hey, any questions about what we did here today? I'm like, no. And then I asked them, hey, what was your favorite part about what we did here? And sometimes they're like, you, you were pretty cool. But like, hey, what about the program you got? What did you like most about it? And now they're telling you and they're reassuring the value. And this will help out with retention in business. Yep. Right? They're reselling themselves on the product. A hundred percent. Yeah. So then it's, and then you just get it. And then that's when you're like, hey, you know, basically there's a, there's a longer script for this. And, um, you know, if anybody wants to just reach out. But it's, you, you, you end it with like, hey, now, now who's, the first, who's the first person that you'd like to do this for? Um, the same thing that you did today. Who's the first person you'd like to do that for? Um, you obviously want to start with your, your, your mother, make sure she's taken care of so you're not stuck with that burden. Uh, is she local or is she out of state? Right? Love that. Is she local or is she out of state? Now you're super... Not, su- would you want to do this for your mother? Worst thing ever. I'm sure you would want to do this for your mother. Is she local or is she out of state? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And asking is always better. I mean, even if you do ask a yes, no question, I've done it before. You have to start somewhere. That's better than not asking at all. Totally. Let's, uh, let's go to Keith for some of the ways. Uh, yeah, everybody knows Keith does a lot of debt-free life, DJ debt-free, right? And that uh, I have watched the referrals come in just from the energy of you putting out into the world that, like, I'm helping people get out of debt, right? right. Um, so what, what are some of the things, like, your philosophy on generating referrals or do clients call you that you helped with debt-free life and start saying, hey, I got a family member who wants to get out of debt? Or, like, how does that work? Well, first off, I try to treat everybody the same, right? Whether they're writing a $20 a month policy or a $5,000 a month policy, it's super important for them to know that they're, you know, being treated as if they're my number one client, right? And so when they feel that and they feel that connection, I just got a call from a client. How's Denver? How's the conference? Like, you know, tell me about it when you get back. So um, in in creating that relationship, it's almost uh, natural for them to start to wonder, how can I get more people to connect with Keith? Because he did such a great job for me, right? So, of course, I'm doing you know, a lot of asking, who else would you like to do? Put this in your phone. Make sure you put my number. Make sure you send it to them and they have my number because, God forbid, something happens to you, they're going to need to reach out to me. And so some of those folks have started reaching out to me and saying, hey, I heard what you did for my mom. She was really happy. Would you mind spending some time with me? Right? How much would it cost for you to spend time with me? Oh, nothing. Not at all. It'd be more than my pleasure. So making sure that people know that I'm available no matter what. And then what Tim said is so crucial. What did you like most about what you got in place? Well, when you're writing a debt-free life thing and you're helping people get debt-free, the real question of... Who do you know that needs some freedom from debt? And they just pop, 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 pop. Like there's there's a limitless amount of people that need that freedom from debt. Would you mind sending them this quick video? Because it's a little bigger of a process and I don't want them coming into it feeling like I'm going to sell them something. Mm. But send them this video. Tell them about your experience. And maybe let's set up a time for the three of us to talk about it. And they love that. It just sort of takes down the barrier um, and makes it a little less of a sales sense for them and more of a, hey, we can collect and connect on this. Totally, totally. Man, and and just being available and continuing to put out there, I I read actually on a forum this morning, 
a lot of you guys who watch this are on some sort of an insurance forum on Facebook or you know, on some sort of social media. And um, there was somebody who posted on there like, have any of you ever bought $1,000 in leads and not made any sales or something like that, right? I felt bad for the person because they're probably at a company with terrible leads. Um, you know, hashtag come join us. Um, but then there was like all of these comments from all these independent agents that were just like, I haven't bought a lead ever and I've done really well and I just let people know what I do. And there's, there's a portion to that of like not being a secret agent and not like hiding what you do. And there isn't anybody more proud of what they do than Keith Fonseca posting, I help people get out of debt all the time, every day, all over social media. Here's this client that we're helping. Here's this client that we're helping. So Ashton, what are some of the ways that you uh, ask for referrals from people? Yeah, I think for me, that, that's definitely a part where I'm, I'm not really that great. Uh, I don't typically ask for a lot of referrals. Um, my strategy, like we're talking about with with the other episode with, with Brian is, is really working through those objections to maximize my profits. You know, for me, I can spend you know, roughly $1,200 on leads and write 20,000 plus in business in a month. Um, so for me, I'm, I focus more on how can I overcome objections. But when I do get referrals, it's been more on things of, of cash value base type things. So I, I help someone with, uh, with an IUI, uh, it's still a client of mine, uh, and I'm writing some more business with them. But I, I helped him with an, a cash value-based policy because that's what he wanted. Um, and I get a text a few months later. He's like, hey, he's like, I think it's Thursday. He's like, what are you doing on, on Saturday? I was like, nothing right now. <laughs> uh, and he's like, well, we're going to have some Asian food. Like his wife's Vietnamese. Uh, I went to in person at this appointment. Um, he's like, uh, do you want to come over? And I was like, sure. I was like, yeah, we're getting catered to the house. I was like, oh, Okay. And he's like, oh, by the way, yeah, it's like my son's graduation party. I was like, oh, okay, from high school. He's like, yeah, all of my, all of his, all of my wife's sisters and brother-in-laws, they're all going to be there. Uh, I want you to get them all uh, cash value policies. He's like, I, I could try and sit there and explain it, but you'd be way better. So just come over and just talk to them all about it. I'm like, all right. And so I'm like, all right, there's going to be like a lot of people. I'm the only one not related out of the, all the people. And I was like, all right. So this is, and no one knew I was coming besides the husband who invited me. So I just show up and everyone's like, oh, hey, who are you? <laughs> but yeah, so I mean. The, I'm here to the, talk to you about cash value life insurance. Uh, yeah, surprise. <laughs> eat your food. Awesome. Yeah, but every time I, I've had those referrals, it's been, I've helped someone with the cash value policy, whether it's a debt-free life. I just had a debt-free life I wrote last month. And she goes, oh my goodness, this is so amazing do you have to have like a mortgage or like fill out one of these forms to do this? And I was like, no, not at all. She goes, do you mind if I like start giving your information to all my friends? And I had, um, about three, three people that, that just called me and, and was like, Hey, I, I would love to get information on yeah. this. Yeah. And was able to write a, a few more policies. Yeah. That's awesome. If you build value for your clients, they're going to want to share what you do. Right. Um, so one of the things that I would say, there's, there's two things that I do. So like after hearing Tim, uh, you know, talk on our, uh, our base shop call, um, I got really passionate about referrals and I can just say that last year, like 75% of the business that I wrote was referral business. And I love, you know, I love getting in with people and then 
just fanning that out. I love profitability. I love, you know, I, I spend less in leads. I make more money, right? It's, it's awesome. Plus, uh, there's no competition. Like, those people aren't getting hounded by other insurance agents, right? Um, so one of the things that I do, like, the first thing that I do is I personally never ask for referrals until I've delivered a policy. That's just my personal thing. I think it's like, hey, I want you to see me twice. And that's virtual, I do everything virtual. So it's just like, I tell people in the first meeting, I'm gonna get you approved, I'm gonna do the job that you wanted me to do, and then we're gonna meet again, and I'm gonna go over the policy with you, make sure you understand it. And it's at that meeting where they've seen me a second time, I've kept my word, I've got them coverage, I've shown up uh, you know, again and, and taken time out to make sure that they knew what they had. That's when I start asking for referrals. But when I ask for referrals now, I use the emergency contact form, the emergency response form method. Um, I didn't make this method up. I learned it, you know, from somebody. And basically they were just like, hey, uh, Tim, if you died, um, who are going to be the people that are going to be involved that are going to be calling me that potentially I'm going to need to talk to to help get this death benefit for you? Like, who's going to be involved? Oh, my wife. Okay, cool. Got it. Got her down. What happens if you guys die together? Who's going to be who's going to be involved? My brother. Okay, who else might be involved? My best friend. Uh, who else might be involved? My cousin my neighbor, my coworker, like whatever. Okay, anybody else you think that like maybe if something happened, they're gonna need to get in contact with me and I'm gonna need to deliver this check, I'm gonna need to help them? No, okay, cool. Uh, what, are, what are their phone numbers? Their phone number, and I'm putting this down on a sheet in their file, right, in their file. And then what I do is I call each one of those people. And I go, hey, I mean, not spouse, because they're probably there. I go, hey, Tim's brother. Um, I just helped Tim get a policy. Here's what the policy does. It's got critical illness, it's got chronic illness, it's got cash value, like whatever it's got. And he told me that if something happened to him, you were gonna be somebody who was gonna be involved in uh, maybe helping make sure that the family was protected and stuff was paid off. I want you to have my phone number. I want it to be saved in your phone. Um, you know, and, and just let me know if there's anything I can help you with. And like six times out of 10, they'll be like, well, how much does something like that cost? Like almost all the time, they're just like, Oh, really? Like, how much does that cost? Like, I'd be interested in coverage like that. They've never heard of coverage like that. They've never heard of living benefits. They've never heard of cash value. Or they've heard of it, and they're like, well, I, I want to know more about this. Like, can you tell me more about that? I've been interested. You know, something like that. Tax-free retirement, debt-free life, like whatever it is. So I use that method, and I, I show up, you know, the second time, and then I get the emergency contact form, and, and that's how I've, I've written a lot of business. Um, but now... I want to talk about like the the sort of most important part, right? Which is now you've gotten a referral, Tim. You've gotten referrals from somebody. How are you approaching that conversation with that referral to start off with? First to book an appointment, and then when when you meet with that person, it's a little bit different than when you're working off of a lead, right? So, so how are you doing that? So that's that's almost the easiest part. Right. The, the and I wouldn't even call it challenging, but the, op, you know, people where they face obstacles is when they when they're picking them up. But once you pick them up, if you did your job correctly on the front end, it's going to be really easy on the back end. A lot of people rush through picking up the referrals and that's where they mess up the most yeah. because you have to you have to teach them what to say. You have to get them to endorse you. Right. So if I picked up a referral from Keith and he's like. He's like, yeah, you know, hey, who's the first person you'd like to do that for? You know, obviously you want to start with your brother, and he, he gives me, he gives me his brother Keith, or I'm sorry, he gives me his brother um, Ryan, and I'm like, I always want to call you Federico, so I was like, I was like wait, wait, what's the first name? Well, all I know is he's Federico, right? Federico's everywhere, you know. Look at the check the billboards; it's everywhere. So, so I, um, so it's like, all right, you know, when I when I get the info from Ryan, uh, from Keith about Ryan, I have to slowly 
um, qualify that referral. That's that's a qualifying process, right? So I'm gonna say, so Keith, so talk to, talking about Ryan, is he married? Um, yep, he's married. Any kids? He's gonna say, yep. I'm like, all right, perfect. Like that's a great referral so far. Okay, now what's he do for work? He says self-employed, jackpot, right? Because what do we know about self-employed people? No work insurance. Right. So when you get your next referral, you're like, who else do you know that's self-employed? Now you're in a self-employed network. That's how I built my my like my my first agency, my last company. It was just you know self-employed people and stay-at-home moms and nurses and middle class and the backbone of backbone of America right there right so so now you're like now you got to get the unique story this is one of the most important parts for when you make the phone call the unique story I had this one guy he told me one time he said oh yeah my so my so my brother Ryan he was he was the best man in all three of my weddings so now when I when I call Ryan when I call Ryan and I bring that up on the phone we say in the Delaney and Pritchett agency you know business moves at the speed of Trust. trust right so when I bring that up on the phone, I'm establishing trust right away. Business is gonna move faster, but you have to slow down to speed up when you're picking that referral up to qualify them to get that unique story um, and all that. Now, to put a bow on that, we're still in the home with Keith. I gotta say, hey Keith, can, now can you do me a favor? Yeah, what's that Tim? Hey, can you, can you just give Ryan a call and let him know that I'm gonna be, be reaching out to him? Can you do that for me? Yeah, absolutely, okay, because if I, if I don't do that, How's that call gonna go, Keith? Yeah, it's not gonna go really well. Sales call. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, you know, I'm not a telemarketer. You know, I, what I, you know, what we do here is real, and we help people. And I want to, I want to make sure that I can help your brother now. So just definitely do that for me. You know what? You know what I'm gonna do? I'm actually just gonna shoot you a text. Can you just forward the text that I send to you to him? Hmm. Nice. And the text says, "Hey, hey, I sat down with this guy Tim. You know, he helped me out with some some benefits. He might he might be able to help you out. He's really busy. He's gonna give you a call when he gives you a call." Definitely take a couple minutes just to talk to him. You'll thank me later. Now, what that does is that's going to start a conversation between these two. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping Ryan looks at that text and says, "What the hell is this?" Let me call Keith. Keith, what's this nonsense you sent me? Oh, I just sat down with this guy, Tim. You know, blah 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 blah. He's going to call you, and when I call Ryan, he might say, "Hey, man, you know, I spoke to my brother. I'm actually all taken care of," and it's like, boom. Okay, good. But if I'm getting your phone number in that text too, like when you're sending that, like, hey, forward this text, is your phone number in there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a 607 number. I'll give the area code. I don't want to give the full number. I don't want to be too available. Okay. Right? So, so just give the, the first three. So now. Now, it, now it's the 305 number. No, no. <laughs> Actually, we, we haven't talked. I moved out of Miami. What? We haven't talked. Okay, breaking news. <laughs> breaking news. Tim Pesco's hey. out of Miami. A lady, a lady will do that to you, huh? Okay, where'd you go? I'm back in Boston. All right. Yeah. Formerly of Boston to, to Miami, Miami, now formerly of Miami, back to Boston. <laughs> okay, well, you yeah. never, stay tuned, you never know where I might be next. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be Miami or Boston. He's buying a house oh, in Denver. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, oh, I'm really liking Denver. I'm buying a condo. All right. So, so, you, so you, then when I, call, when I call Ryan, if he says he's all set, that's fine. I got four more to go. I always get, gather five in a, in a house. I, you want to put, put a lid on that? You know, you only get five. And, I, and you, you want to stick to that character for yourself because you don't want to break that. You want to make it, your business has to be somewhat exclusive. So now when I call, say he gives me Ashton, I call Ashton, there's a strong chance that if he's giving me self-employed people, one of them is going to be like, you know what? Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't have anything in place, but yeah, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll do some homework. I'll see what I can do for you. And you just put them back in a qualifying state and um, you book the appointment, let them know you're going to shop around, do some homework, see what you could uh, gather. And then when you go into the appointment, it's a very similar approach. I'll start talking about Keith. So, hey, how long you known Keith? establish some some credibility some trust awesome well hey how much did he tell you about what he did for you 
Uh, not everybody always says not too much, but that's that's usually a lie yeah, from what I have my experience. Yeah, 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 a hundred percent. Yeah, they know they know what he paid. They know is you know is cash value. Yeah, yeah, not really, but you know what I mean. So that's that's really it. And then you just get into it like a normal appointment. You start doing a financial fire drill. You do a strong role and purpose. You always do your role and purpose. That's universal. Absolutely. It's fundamental across the board. Um, and then you just get you get right into it. You know, and if they're meeting with you, I mean, we tracked the data for 120 days. We had 133% closing ratio on referrals. Um, Unbelievable. Now, if you, if you know the symmetry system, A lead to, to app count, that was 133%. Show ratio was just ridiculous. Yeah, because you're not going to no-show somebody that you respect, yeah. right? Like if, you know, there's respect between you and Keith, if he hooks you up with me. You're not gonna. You're not gonna just blow that appointment off. You're less likely to do that. If yeah. I'd rather call. Under, what's that? If someone doesn't understand like how we track close ratio, when you say I have 133 percent, I close more than 100 percent of the people I sit with. Like, what does that mean to have 133 percent close ratio? Good question. So, you get one A lead. An A lead's a brand new lead that the company generates. It costs them about a, uh, between 70 and 100 bucks to generate. I don't want to get too far in the weeds on that, but for they track the close ratios on that because they want to put those leads into uh, people's hands that are going to be generating apps, applications on that from families. They want to make sure they're, they're giving um, their investment to the right people, right, to, to double down on. Now, for if you get 10 A leads in a week and you bring back three applications, you have a, 30%. you guessed it, 30% close ratio. Yeah. So we winded up getting over that because if I sat down with Ryan and I think you have a daycare, right? You have like four or five kids, right? How many, yeah, how many yeah, kids do you have? Two. You have two kids? Two. Oh, two kids. That's Edward. Edward's I mean, got four. They, they, Edward's they got four. Things up like there's four or five yeah. of them, so if I, sat, if I sat down with Ryan and I wrote uh, two applications on him, two applications on his wife, that's, that's four apps in one home. Right now, I haven't even touched my 10 A leads that week, so I'm already at a 40% close ratio just on one referral. I still got to get in contact with my 10 A leads, so that's how you can go over uh, to the 133% close ratio. Amazing, man. Yeah. I'm gonna. Uh, there, there's uh, one more thing that I, I want you to touch on before we do that, though. I want to get with Keith. Same question. So you're getting a debt-free life client, um, super popular program. Somebody's like in love with it or whatever. They're saying you got to help my sister or something like that. Are you treating that just like it's another lead that came in? Are you treating that like you're you're recapping what you did for the sister or like how are you approaching those those conversations when you get a referral for Debt Free Life? First of all, hashtag if you don't have proprietary software that does Debt Free Life, if you had a company that doesn't have that, come on over, right? Because um, we have uh, the opportunity to match their debts with their cash value, and that makes selling this kind of thing so much easier. But ultimately, they always know, like Tim said, they always know. And with a debt-free life, it's a much bigger process in terms of a many-year-long relationship. So a lot of us will write a mortgage protection, a term policy, or a final expense, and there's not a whole lot of maintenance going on there. But with a much bigger process like a debt-free life that you know, does as much as a, you know, a simple term product or more, than any of them, there's a lot of maintenance. So they'll already have shared with the other person what they got, how it went, 
the process that went on and, and that person is expecting the same process. And so I'm not going to share with them deep, intimate details of their person's financials unless they already know it. But I'm going to talk about the freedom that it provided for them. I'm going to talk about their future plans. I'm going to relate it to what plans they have. And they already know this info. And the original person already said something like, yeah, my wife, uh, her sister's struggling. Um, and they have this going on. And I know they've gotten into this. And they've lost money in the market. And so they've already given me enough artillery to sort of sandpaper the pain yeah. which is really important in being able to help referrals is having the courage to go there knowing I'm, I'm going to bring up their pain right I'm not just there to you know be a vending machine and provide them the same solution every family's different it's uh, it's interesting that you say that I want to toss that to you Tim so um, what what Keith just said was like I'm not going to go into like, hey, they had this much debt, they had this many credit lines, this is the product we got. He's just going to go into the feelings. So when you're taking some of your referrals, are you telling them like, yeah, he got a $500,000 term policy for $250 a month? Or are you just saying, yeah, yeah he protected the family and yeah, we took care of that? Like, are you addressing what they bought or keeping gonna, that private? I'm going to let, I'm going to keep it private and let them know. I, I, like if they went with an ROP or something like that, I'm going to say, hey, this is, this is what your buddy did. Right, this is what your brother did. He went with this program. Um, now, the opposite could happen too, because they could have, have a, had a heart attack two years ago. Right. Like, hey, what about my, my brother? He told me he got some return of premium. Now, hey, I hear where you're coming from on that, and I would love to have that program, but I can't even have that program with my rheumatoid arthritis. Now, the, the difference is everybody's situation is different, right? I'll still be able to help you, but we're just gonna have to get to a diff- uh, we're gonna have to arrive at a solution just in a different way than we did him. Because everybody's different. You guys aren't the same age. You don't have the same amount of kids. Mm-hmm. He's, he's divorced. You're married. You know what I mean? Totally. 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 Address that. Keep it basic. Yeah. Keep it basic. Not like pin each other against each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. He got the best program. <laughs> you know you what, wish Ryan? You could have that. What people are not hearing, though, if they're not hearing this, is that it's not just a random approach, right? When you're looking at your approach or Tim's or mine or Ashton's, yep. again, it's super scientific. Well, Ashton's was a little... A little uh, Little random, all right. Yeah, I'll go over and get some uh, Vietnamese food. Wait for people to call me, and then I go to the and I write a bunch of IULs for them. But but not unlike. Don't be jealous. All right. I wish it would fall from the sky like that. Yeah, not unlike Edward and Brian and Ayers and Sicily, and the point that these folks have worked together and learned from each other. You make it sound so like generic and so laid back and so like simple you know touchy feely we're going to do this we're going to do this but it's so super scientific yeah right? strategic e- strategic and every part of it is logically thought out right of yeah it's calculated what's, what's going to happen next and what i want the outcome to right. be um and if you're sitting out there and you're learning about this stuff notice how much people are calculated that's such a great word about every little thing that we do every little detail I mean, that's why every little detail of that Ferrari meant so much to you, right? Every little detail of selling it. I've seen you do build homes online, and every little detail matters to you. And there are people out there going, like, I didn't sell in that $1,000, and they're not paying attention to details. Right. And and I think it really comes down to to experience, right, and that strategy. And now, for people listening, you know, and if you're you're new to the industry, um, I've sent people recordings of appointments before, and I've had people respond back like in the interviewing process like oh, I just don't I don't know if I could that seems like a lot of math and I'm just like I'm like hey like don't get it twisted like this is not quantum physics this is just <laughs> this is just a, a simple strategy that we're putting in place for, for a family and that's what you have mentors for yeah
that. Yeah. Well, last piece I, I want to get your, your, uh, your opinion on. Because Tim, before he came to the company that we're at now, uh, worked for a company that required, required, or you were fired, him to do something that not a lot of agents do, which is an annual policy review, right? And so when you were, when you're like following up with clients, you now you got a client in the books, you already been paid, right? Mm -hmm. And that company sort of set up for you a, you have to, forced you into calling them. Um, and it's something that I know you've kept doing, right? Since, you, since you've been over in now in, in an industry that's a little bit looser, let's say. So when you're when you're calling, going through annual policy reviews, or you're coaching an agent to like call through their book of business or whatnot, uh, how are you generating referrals from that? So at our old company, the way they the the thing I don't know if you got a mix up. I don't think you did, but one thing that we had to do was pick up 40 referrals a week, or we could get fired. That that definitely. Now the annual policy reviews we still had to do, but they would give us like I could get a, a policy review of Ashton's. And they would allocate them in the office like that. Like if say in the, in the Pritchett agency, like I can get one of your one of your clients and I could see the agent name and it says Federico and I see what they have. And then we had a script to just let them know that, hey, just giving you a call to, to review your, your starter program, um, you know, review what you did, see if any changes have uh, um, have happened over the last year and uh, give you some no cost benefits for being a member uh, with, with so-and-so company, all right? And then we'd book an appointment and and we would we would start new agents on on those to call mm -hmm. because it would get their confidence up right they'd be like oh i booked one it's like yeah man, well they already got a you know like you know and we'd be like oh be like yeah nice job you booked you crushed that and it's like dude they already bought the company right they already they already <laughs> believe in the company so and like that's what we we started them on they were called pos's uh, policy of service right now what you're thinking viewers um and they were and they were they were great they were great programs because now when you got in the home you know, my old mentor taught me, you know, uh, people buy you, yeah. and they buy the company, and then they buy the product. They already bought the product in the company. So on your policy reviews, you just got to get them to, to, to rebuy, rebuy you. So you go back in there, and I would say something like, hey, you know, I'd be looking, I'd be reviewing their file, and I'd, I'd, I'd sit there. And this is just such a kind of a cheesy technique they taught, but it actually worked. You'd, you'd be looking at the file, and you'd be like, hmm, hmm, that's weird. How come you're not on the policy? And you like look at the wife, and she'd be like, "Well, I don't know." And I'd be like, "All right, we'll we'll see if we can get that taken care of." But I, I'm just not sure if you're going to qualify. And I would just go right into options, and that would work like 95% of the time. Wow. So yeah. Awesome. But you got to you got to keep saying starter program, starter program, starter program. We're here to review your starter program uh, today, 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 just to build the urgency in doing business today. Yeah. yeah so, so you know what I heard from this: if you're an agent who's been producing for a little while, maybe you're going through a slump, you're going through a tough time, right? Uh, how do you build your confidence back up? How about you call your clients? How about you call the people who loved you and like believed in you and bought applications, right? And say, use some of this language, start a program. Hey, we want to review this for you. I want to make sure that nothing's changed in your life. I'm just providing a service for you, right? It, or whatever it is, giving you any additional benefits that we have. Um, come up with an additional benefit. Sign them up for a prescription discount card. Like, yeah. do, like do yeah. something. Hey, I want to get you guys enrolled in this. Let's take a look at your policy while we're here, right? Quality member benefits going live this week. Yeah, exactly, exactly. If you're not in quality member benefits, sorry. 
Um, but for those of you guys that are out there, if, if, there's, if there's a will, there's a way. I don't want you to guys feel like just because we're at Symmetry and we love it here that like we're, we're saying, oh, you have to come here to get everything. Where there's a will, there's a way, right? Like there's plenty of ways that you can build value out there. If you're with a company that you love, if you're captive, if you sell final expense, you do whatever, right? You need to build some confidence. Call some old clients, right? <laughs> Rekindle those conversations. People that already love and trust you and believe in you. So, man, Tim, such an amazing, uh, amazing guest to have. Such value brought. If you guys weren't taking notes, play back this podcast. You can find us on all major podcast sources. Go to writemoreapps.com. Uh, like and subscribe to this video. Put your little notifications on. Every time that we get uh, new content, you'll get notified of it. But Man, Tim, I can't thank you enough, brother, for coming. Thank you. Yeah. Thank all of you. Yeah. Appreciate it.